You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. Hey, welcome back. So today's real crime story is about Christina Sanubain from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Born in 1979, Christina was very close to her sister, and she wanted to be a journalist. When she becomes a teenager, she begins to rebel. She would run away from home and not come back for days. She would smoke and party, and she hung out with the wrong crowd until one day she meets a guy named Jacob Hadley, and her world changed forever. She gets pregnant at 17 in her senior year in high school. October 1998, Christina's son was born. His name is Corbin. Christina drops out of high school and moves in with Jacob, but their relationship takes a turn for the worst. Jacob had a bad temper, and he started to abuse her. In 1999, Jacob shot Christina in the face with a pellet gun, and he spends three days in jail. Four years into their relationship, they break up. Thursday, August 31st, 2000, she moves into her own place with her son Corbin. She arranges for her friend Todd Hale to help her move. She offers to pay him $25. She asks him to stop by a couple of days later to collect the money. On September 4th, a few days later, Todd returns to collect the $25. But she didn't answer, so he leaves. Her sister tries calling her to help with her homework, but doesn't reach her. She leaves her several voicemails with no replies. Todd comes back. But this time, he sees Christina's son through the window. He takes the screen off the window and crawls through the window into the apartment. He finds Christina's dead body in the tub in the bathroom. So he grabs the child and runs out of the apartment and yells at her neighbor, Carlos, to call 911. Detective James Kelly is the first on the scene, and Christina is pronounced dead. Her throat was cut from ear to ear, but there was no forced entry, which means she knew her killer. There were no weapons found at the scene. There's blood all over the floor. The police find a couple of her teeth and a frying pan handle. They also find hamburger buns all over the floor. But they can't find the bag for the buns. Autopsy results show Christina was sexually assaulted. And she sustained blunt force trauma. The police question Todd Hale as he's the one who found her. He tells police about Christina's ex and how they were recently separated. They break the terrible news to her family. I have called him a monster, and I never forget him. 
even I die, till the day I die, I'm not going to forgive him, ever. The family suspects Jacob Hadley. The police discover Jacob's assault charges against Christina. Christina's death was estimated to be between Sunday at 9 p.m. and Monday at 3 a.m. Jacob tells police he was out drinking with friends Sunday night and they stayed up until dawn partying. He gives the police his fingerprints and DNA sample. He got into Christina's apartment through the window, but the police didn't believe him because nothing was knocked over or disturbed. So the police ask him to do it again, and he does, flawlessly. The police run his name and find out Todd has a prior criminal record. He was previously arrested for assault and drunk driving. He gives them a DNA sample. They bring in Carlos for questioning, as he's the one who made the 911 call. The police redust the area. They find a footprint in the bathroom. The police take Jacob's footprints, and it's not a match. They also confirm his alibi. They take Todd's footprints, but it's not a match. So the police feel like they hit a dead end. But then they question Carlos Robinson again. And when they leave the room, Carlos begins to pray. And because of his unusual behavior, they decide to take his footprints too. He was hesitant and tells police that the floor was cold and his feet were sensitive. He had a hard time following simple instructions. It was as if he was purposely messing it up. His footprints are a match. The DNA from Christina's rape kit belongs to Carlos Robinson. He tells police that he found the body, but he left and didn't tell anybody. He keeps changing his story. Then he finally admits that he was in Christina's apartment while his wife was out of town. They arrest him. November 2001, Carlos Robinson goes on trial. Carlos was alone with his children during 9 p.m. and 3 a.m. He went to Christina's house looking for sex. When she refused, he killed her. One of his footprints was in one of the buns on the floor. The police suspect that he used the plastic bag for the buns to carry out the bloody knife. He also left a bloody palm print on the tub. He killed her while her son was in the house. Jury finds him guilty with murder in the first degree. Mr. Robinson, I would advise you with respect to the uh, charge, you have a right to have an attorney and to have the attorney represent you at all stages of the proceeding. April 12, 2002, Carlos is sentenced to life in prison. Wow, what a monster. I honestly did not see that coming. At first, I was I was totally convinced that it was Jacob. I mean, because all the signs were there. He was When he dated her, he was abusive to her. I mean, he had motive, right? Like, they were together, she left him. But it wasn't him. I couldn't believe it. It was her neighbor. You just, you never know who you can trust. You know, this is someone she trusted. She moved into this place and she thought she can trust him. She let him in because she saw someone that she knew and trusted. 
and he killed her. And he killed her with her son in the house. He is a monster. For real. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's true crime story. If you like it, please share it. Sharing is caring. And if you are a true crime addict like me, check out my store, crystalkiss.com. That's crystal with a K for some murder merch. I sell t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. I just released my summer collection, Murder Merch Tank Tops. Check them out. Free shipping on all orders. Thanks a lot for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks. Bye.